I have a pen studios. <laughs> this show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Oh hey Jonathan, would you would you give us that that intro lick? <laughs> Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, watched some YouTube about it, listened to some Radio Lab about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Durandell. David, hey, homie. Hey. Hey. All right. So, what is this episode about? CRISPR. Fuck yeah. Right? Let's get into I'm it. CRISPR. CRISPR. All right. So, this is how it's going to go. We're going to do a brief overview, then we're going to do the history of it. We're going to talk about what it is, and then we're going to end on the possibilities. Okay. Cool. I love the possibilities. The possibilities. You know that's my favorite part. Right? That's why we're saving it for the for the very end. So, the brief overview. CRISPR is a radical new way to edit the genome and living things. Yep. It's cheap and accurate. Yes. Precise. Yeah. And precise. Yeah. Like, a lot of people compare the advent of CRISPR to the splitting of the atom as it, far as like the changes it can fucking have sure in a lot of ways i think it will actually end up being bigger i think so um, yeah it's so new i mean if you consider the number of changes so like yeah particle accelerators split atoms um and so like I get nuclear the, power and we have like limited like nuclear, nuclear power bombs. through fission and we have greater but bombs, like the but effect like the, it will have on your fucking everyday life. Right. But the effect, yeah, exactly. The effect splitting the atom has had on our everyday life. Still, most of us get our energy from coal fire plants or dams or yeah. stuff like that. Like exactly. So I actually <clears> do think that like, um, but also the way that scientists are excited about it. Yes. Yeah. Is I think that's, what's more comparable. Yep. Yep. Like, comparable yeah. <laughs> Com- yeah but no you're right you're right because scientists were very excited about having mm-hmm. split the atom and it and all the changes it would bring it just turned out that so many of those were so dangerous they weren't worth it yeah and modern scientists are like extremely excited about crispr yeah to the same degree but i do think that like as a layperson, it will affect your life larger yeah and the nice thing is more. that scientists are a little bit more cautious these days exactly um to a degree. Most, scientists, <laughs> most scientists we might get into that well i guess we'll we'll probably talk about that later the, but there's yeah. a there's an exception to that a pretty prominent one yeah so let's start with the history of crispr yeah so in 1987 a team of japanese researchers at osaka university provided the first description of what would later be called crispr okay so what they were doing is they were looking at e coli bacteria And they noticed in the genome of E. coli bacteria that there were five segments or five genes that were the exact same, that were like read both backwards and forwards the same. Oh, so there are palindromes as well as being identical to one another. Yeah. And but there were five segments the same that were like separated by short, non the same sections oh so they had these like barriers or interruptions between them and the stops these stops yeah. were different 
yeah, in between each of those, the same longer strands uh-huh. were just like things that they random didn't, seeming stops. Random seeming stops. But yeah. they existed in between each of them. Yeah. And uh, after they discovered that, tons of other scientists started to find them in different bacteria. Sure. And Wikipedia says they're found in approximately 50% of sequenced bacteria genomes and 90% of sequenced archaea. Wow. 90% of sequenced archaea. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of crazy, right? Um, just as a clarifier, archaea is, Thank you. especially you for some of our older listeners, um, you'd probably, when you were going to school, archaea wasn't really a thing. There were just like protozoa and bacteria, essentially yeah. prokaryotes and eukaryotes. Um, and now we know that there is a whole nother branch Line, of yeah. life, um, a whole kingdom, in fact, um, that is yes. separate from either of those um, definitions and is very, very ancient. Yeah. So it's fucking nuts. And it was in all of them. And they uh, found it in so many things. Like, it's got to be important. Right, Nothing's- right. If it's this ubiquitous, it must be useful. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so ubiquitous. And since they're seeing it everywhere, they decide it's probably time to give it a name. Okay, yeah. And they settled on the acronym CRISPR. And this is before they knew what its function was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much well before they knew what their fu- its function was. The Wikipedia quote I gave was a modern Wikipedia quote, so I don't know how much, how ubiquitous CRISPR was at the time. Um, but they settled on the acronym CRISPR, which to me sounds like an app for vegetables to hook up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or just like the drawer that you put your vegetables in in the fridge, the crisper. Well, that's why I think it's saying, but it's without the E. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think it's an app it's for an vegetables app. Yeah. to pick up. All right. Where carrots get it on. I heard about a new gig economy job where people stock rich people's fridges and oh. organize them for them. That could be a crisper. <laughs> What's it called, Fridger? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what is the app that you order your fridge organized on? I don't know. Frigger. Uh, Frigger. <laughs> uh, cooler. <laughs> uh, CRISPR, though, it stands for Clustered, Regularly Interspaced, Short Palindromic Repeats. Okay. Yeah, that's very descriptive. It is very descriptive. Boring, but very descriptive. So I'm going to say it one more time because it's really hard to just remember it. Oh, yeah. I don't bother to remember that. But I think I've heard it several times before, but I yeah. don't bother to remember it. I think it's just fun. So I'm going to say it one more time anyway. Clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. Clustered, regularly regularly interspaced, short, short palindromic, palindromic repeats. repeats. Regularly interspaced. And it all makes sense because like we were talking about, there's those sections that are palindromic, regularly interspaced be- between uh, short, like stops that stops. aren't identical yeah. to each other, but are apparently regularly. Uh, it seems like they're of a regular size, too. Like they might not be identical oh, yeah. in their writing, like but they're identical movie. in their size. It seems like it's implied. Um in all like the graphics I saw, they were regularly sized. But okay, but that could I be know misleading. that they can use it now to code for things that are different lengths, and if they code for things that are longer lengths, then they have less like viability oh. or less like accuracy I in see. coding. Um, so I think they're regularly spaced. But anyway, um, people are pondering 
what the purpose is of CRISPR for a long time. Sure. Must be useful, but what does it do? What the fuck does it do? And around 2005, we have all these computer uh, databases of sequences of genomes. And so we actually find out that these small parts in between the repeats are virus DNA. Okay. And like, that's really weird. Why do all these bacteria have all these like snippets of virus DNA in between these short palindromic repeats? Right now, you know? like the, now, the mystery deepens. Like the, this isn't even a part of its native DNA. So now not. it answered one question: Why don't the why don't the little stops? Why don't the little sections look the same as each other? Yeah, it answered one question because it they're not native. Yeah, but then why are they? But why are there they virus and DNA? Why are these palindromic genes surrounding them? Yeah, and why are the virus DNA? Why is the virus DNA only found there? There, yep, only there. Only there, specifically. So uh, there's this one scientist, Eugene Koonin, and he's like, shit, I think I know what's going on here. And he's like, this is probably kind of like a mugshot of a virus or like a storage facility of threats. Ah, I see. So he's talking about like a genetic memory almost. Mm -hmm. It's creating a bank of, yeah. And so, like, the thing is, bacteria are always getting infected by viruses. Oh, sure. I think they're called bacteriophages, but they're viruses, just like the ones that infect us, just specialized for bacteria instead Um, of humans. Yeah, he even mentioned on the Radiolab episode that in the oceans, viruses kill 40% of bacteria every day. Yes. Like, literally every day, 40% of all of the bacteria in the ocean die just because of infection. uh, Infection. From viruses. Bacteriophages. It's like a. It's like basically the worst pandemic on Earth committed (laughs) every day. Yeah. Um. Usually a virus. So like when that happens, usually a virus will attach to the bacteria and inject its own information into the cell, hijacking the cell to make it into a bacteria for reproducing or a factory for reproducing viruses. If you were like a cognizant bacteria, that'd be so fucking creepy. Oh my god! To know, yeah, you have a forty percent chance of turning into like a zombie that will explode, spreading other zombie particles. Yep. Like, it's just creepy too. It's gross because, like, literally, they use its organelles to to. Because viruses mm. can't reproduce on their no, own. That's no. why they're not considered life. Mm. They're not considered living, even though they are based on genes. Yeah. Um, they can't reproduce on their own. And so they literally hijack your organelles to turn them into a factory for reproduction. And God, it's so fucked up. Then they literally just pack your body full of those. Like it just keeps happening until the body shreds apart. Like the membrane just ruptures and viruses pour out. Yeah. It's so crude. So so you're a bacteria and usually you get injected with the bacteria with the virus and you'll send out enzymes to kill the to kill the virus DNA. Sure. But it's usually to no avail. You just fucking die. Yeah, because it's it's adapted. It's you know, it's a constant biological warfare. They've adapted to these enzymes. Yeah. But if you do manage to survive, you'll send out these enzymes that cut up the virus and then clean it up. And then sometimes it gets squoze in between these palindromic repeats. So the next time you encounter it, like that same type of virus, uh-huh. you have a segment to compare to. And that segment like ends up getting held in a protein that is coded for before the palindromic repeats. 
called CRISPR associated proteins. Okay. And so like that's a shortened to CAS. CAS. Okay, to so I've CAS, heard of CAS because there's like CAS9. There's a number of different there's CAS. There's a number of different CAS9 is a really CAS9 important one. CAS9 is the one that Jennifer Doudna worked on that we're going to talk about. Okay, yep. And so that that's kind of the most important one, but yeah. Right CAS now. CAS stands for CRISPR associated proteins. I see. Um, and so that segment of the virus gets held in one of those Cas proteins, and the proteins are really, really fucking sick. Like, I think they're just so cool because they hold that little mugshot in them, and then they also have these proteins, molecular scissors. And so what happens is they go along all of any DNA DNA sequence they come across. And it and they unzip it and compare it to the mugshot. Yep, and they're just going along all the DNA, comparing it to the, what they've got. And if they s- got, see the match, if they see the match, they lock. Out come the scissors, and they fucking clip it right there and only right there. Yep, very precisely. Like they just cut out those specific um, uh, letters, those yeah. amino acids, and take them out, and with almost no. Um, extra damage like 99.99 percent of the time they just get it to the letter yep like in a literally to the letter yeah (laughs) like in a human in a human genome sequence there are like uh some like six billion base pairs okay three billion i can't remember which it is but yeah in all that they can get it to the letter and cut there it's fucking nuts that is um so it effectively catches the virus and cuts it up so that it just fucking dies before it can infect anything. And right, it stops so, the infection before it starts. Right. So what's happened? That's well, what, it starts, stops it right after it starts. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So, so like the, the virus still has invaded your DNA, right? It's it's yeah. injected its DNA, its RNA into you becoming DNA. And Viruses but, can have DNA or RNA, apparently. Oh. Yeah, I looked that up because I always thought it, viruses only had DNA only had rna, RNA. yeah but oh some of them yeah some of them have dna that's why there yeah. are like um i think retroviruses are ones that have rna but so as like far as hiv the, is a retrovirus it has rna yeah but as far as what's held in the protein it's an rna okay and because there's only that like what oh sure fits. of course it would be an rna because it's only one half of the picture exactly because in like dna compare, is only there to have a, a, a duplicate yeah like if it a in case of damage a T, then that's where it would cut. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. But we haven't even got to the part where it's like the revolutionary world-changing discovery. Yeah, no, no. We just ta- covered what it does in nature. What CRISPR, yeah, is in nature. Um, so, yeah, in uh, 2012, Jennifer Doudna, who's a biochemical researcher at UC Berkeley, and her research partner, Emmanuel Charpentier, I'm sure I messed up her name because she's French and I can't pronounce French things to save my <laughs> life. But anyway, they were the first to propose that Cas9 proteins could be used as a tool for gene editing. Okay. that's It's kind of a brilliant leap, actually. Exactly. Like, it seems obvious in retrospect, but it's I don't think that's an obvious no, leap to make. Absolutely. Um, That requires, like, I don't know. That's a spark of genius right there. Yeah, I think so. Jennifer said when the full impact of that hit her, the hairs on her neck were standing up. Sure, sure. Right? I mean, 
Yeah, she just realized what she what people had been looking at in terms of a tour for, for like twenty years. Yes. They had been staring had at been this amazing tool, and no one had realized that it was a tool. It was a tool. Yeah. Everybody had been thinking of it as just purely defense. Right. Now like she's they... like, oh, my God, this can be offense. Yep. Um. So, yeah, like, she was just like, okay, so it's really good at cutting right there. Why don't we just replace the mugshot? Yep. Like, if you don't want it to be virus DNA, just put any put old any... DNA that you want cut out. Yeah, so like instead of cutting out virus DNA, it could, could attack the genes responsible for Huntington's or sickle cell anemia or hemophilia or cancer. Yeah, anything like, Yeah, anything that pu- puts you at a predisposed risk and then is identified that we know the source of that predisposed risk, it's as simple as putting that, that code into the CAS uh, the, the cast, cast nine protein. in this in this instance, yeah, and uh, having it snip snip, yeah, yeah, you just put it right into the cast nine protein and it gets cut right the fuck out. Yep, accurately. That simple. Yeah, and also the other thing that they're responsible for is it turns out it's really easy to put your own to put like filler DNA into it too. Okay, so like that's like the cut, but the pace is pretty fucking easy. You just put the pace that you want near where it's going to be cut I see. from the Cas9 protein. And like oftentimes it just kind off. of like... Well, it's because DNA has all these... Uh, has um, like basically stuff that heals it. Yeah, it's really enzymes sticky. It's, yeah. Oh, as okay, enzymes that saying. come along yep. and repair. There's, oh, yeah, There's that's repair true. enzymes all over. Oh, and man. so the repair enzymes see that a break has occurred... And it just puts it together. And usually, if there's nothing there, it will just cause mutations, but the gene will be gone. Okay, I see. Um, it will just cause mutations to happen, but the gene will be gone. But if you just put what you want there, then the repair enzymes will usually just be like, all right. Okay, interesting. Like, and so, and like, basically, cutting is 100% precise and accurate, though pasting is somewhat less so. But not, you know, it's not it's not ridiculously um, inaccurate or anything like that. It's just not as accurate as the cutting part. Sorry, I fucked up my. Uh, well, that's all right. We'll just take my... a second. All right, yeah. All right, so yeah, you got the repair enzymes. It throws the good DNA in where you had the bad DNA before. Right, right. You it's to... just it's just kind of predicated on you getting that good DNA close enough, right? Mm-hmm. And then, because so at this moment, it's we'll kind of floating around. around. And if it's not, nothing's around, it's just going to make base pairs that work. Sure, sure. It's just going to put something there that doesn't fuck with anything yeah. and gets the DNA back into a cohesive whole. It wants it to be readable. Right, right. Um. So, yeah, it's like a bit more complex than that, but that's the gist of it. Gotcha. Um. And, like, of course, there were gene editing techniques before CRISPR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Multiple. Like, yeah. Even actually recently, uh, the FDA has said that CRISPR-modified organisms cannot be held to the same regard as GMOs. Hmm. Yeah, because GMOs are usually like something in something else. Right, 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 right. But CRISPR could be just something taken out. Sure, I see. Just modified how we want it. So, like, yeah, you're saying that uh, I I totally get that because, like, even those people who I think are overly concerned with GMOs, 
really have nothing to fear from a lot of CRISPR made things yeah. because it's literally you just took something out of it that you didn't want. Yeah. You didn't put anything else in. It's not a Frankenstein. In, in a lot of cases. Yeah. In a lot of cases. It's not necessarily a Frankenstein veggie. Yeah. And then previously, like a lot of times when you wanted to edit a GM, like to make a GMO, it would cost like five grand. Oh, yeah. But now at you least, do a lot of times it was a total crapshoot, oh, too. Yeah. I mean, back in the early well, days. Yeah, like you just spent five grand and you had no fucking idea. Yeah, whether, whether it was, was going to work out. Oh, R and D for early GMOs was so expensive. You yeah. know, in the early days, um, actually through the eighties and I think the early nineties, they would literally just irradiate seed stock and then plant mm-hmm. all of it and see if anything positive happened. Uh, which is such a ridiculous. Like that's it no better. Ridiculous, that's, but I think it'd be fun. That's, that's, that's but it's no better odds. Happen. It's no better odds than natural selection. You know oh, well, what I'm saying? You're just trying to you're just trying to get that like crazy ass mutation. But that's exactly what like, that's exactly how natural selection just... works, right? Like you have mutagens from the outside world, um, radioactive material, um, rays from the sun, and also chemical mutagens, and okay, those no. apply random mutations, and then nature selects for them. This is the same thing. They were applying random mutations the and then selecting the for them artificially. Can, the only difference I can see is that they were way more likely to make their shit die. And so or, like, and mutate. Well, so yeah. a lot more of it died, but a lot more of it mutated too. A lot more of it mutated, like I mean like all of it mutated. It's just that ninety nine percent of it probably died immediately as a result of its mutations. Exactly. And so like the fact that all, most of it probably died allowed them to like move Quickly, quickly quickly on to stuff that yeah because you only plant the stuff i mean you well you only examine the stuff that actually sprouted survives, yeah um but yeah like another cool thing about crispr is that it's universal like people haven't found a single organism that crispr can't work on right yeah yeah it just it works on dna yeah plain and simple easy doesn't matter whose dna it is yep Oh, and, I, and that's the nice thing about DNA is it's a universal language yeah. and, uh, from the, uh, as far as this planet goes. Probably and as far as we know, it is language. a universal language. And uh, did I say that it's can be done? CRISPR can be done for about 75 bucks. To it was about 5K to attempt a GMO before. And CRISPR can be done by like a well-trained high schooler. Jesus. So, so what is necessary? You're, you're okay. So first you need to, how, this is something I don't actually know. I, I wonder like, how does a trained high schooler get the mug shot into the crisper? That's what I want to know. I feel like the blunt part of it is getting the DNA you want to be added in that you just like inject a bunch. And then some of it you hope gets into the cytoplasm near the, uh, near the, the genes. Or near that break. But how do you get the But how do you get the mugshot into the crisp into the cast nine? Yeah. No, I don't know that. Yeah. I would like to know that. If you know that. That one's the soup that's the big mystery to me. Is how do you get the cast nine how do you get the cast nine to take the piece of DNA that you want? Yeah. Like physically, how does that process happen when it's on such a small scale? When it's not even like you can look at it and be like, oh, it did it. No, when it's already between the short palindromic repeats, that's where I think it's probably easy to pick it up for the protein already. 
Um, how do you get it there then? But how do you change it? Yeah. That's what I don't know. Exactly. Expose my mind. <laughs> quote Jack Black. All right, let's talk about the possibilities and research of CRISPR. So the like applications and possibilities are f- fucking practically limitless. Oh yeah, I'm sure we haven't thought of half of them. No, yeah, not even, not even. I mean, close. It, it would. Yeah, I I want to write a sci-fi one day that's just based on all of the different wild applications if you actually yeah. put your mind to what they well, can be. And there are like currently hundreds, if not thousands, of groups around the world working on like applications for CRISPR. sure each their own special application and Even, i'm sure there a lot of them are going to come up with wild fucking awesome solutions to problems because it's so cheap even just individuals with decent funding ah man it makes you wonder like what uh, who is going to have these tools well i saw this one fucking showed um on this one youtube video like documentary about biohackers who would like set up a lab in his own house to CRISPR himself. And then he was like such a chot. She's like, people are like, uh, you shouldn't be playing God. And I just love it when people say that. And I'm like, yes, I am. And I'm like, Whoa. uh, Okay. Like it's fun to say that, but like, who cares? Yeah. Also you're not, you're a fucking child with playing with tools. You don't actually understand. Like just because you just because you have a cell phone in your hand that can access any knowledge you want doesn't make you godlike. Yeah. You don't even know how that fucking device works. I know. There's probably a reason you got fired from NASA. Also, <laughs> I'm kind of fine with that guy fucking around on himself and being his own oh, guinea no, no, pig. No. I'm because fine like, with that. I don't care what happens to no, him. No, no, if that's I, his attitude. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying too. I'm fine with him fucking with his own genome or whatever or whatever happens. But I just think, personally, he seemed like a chode. Here's something I will say, though, actually. I don't think that he has the right to fuck with his germline. That's We're going to get into that. Most, most, uh, most people who work in CRISPR say that it is okay to do it in somatic cells, but not germline cells. No, nope. yeah, you like, don't you don't fuck with those. To, That's too many other people. Well, and exactly that and you are just making clarify, a decision for. Just clarify what we're talking about. The difference between a somatic cell and a germline cell is a germline cell is like a sperm and egg, and those are the cells that will actually become a new human being. Right. So if you mess with your own somatic cells. It doesn't matter because you're you're the genes you're that encode for your sperm or your eggs. Those have already been written, and you're mm-hmm. not messing with those. So no one will inherit those edits. Exactly. Those just they die with you. And I am totally fine with anyone doing whatever edits they want to do on themselves, as long as it doesn't somehow impinge on other people's rights. And that includes germ germline yeah. modification. Like you can't modify your germline and morally. No, um, not without, especially not, not without now. a lot of oversight and like there are especially situations in which I could see it being like, morally. Nowadays, we don't mm. even know what the entirety of the human genome does at all. Right. I mean, most, like, you like we were it, calling 60% of a junk DNA a decade ago. <laughs> I forgot that. And I just to kind of like like took it's like yeah it doesn't really do anything yeah literally like, uh, like 10 years ago people thought that 60 percent of the genome didn't do a goddamn thing <laughs> it's like that's kind of an absurd like, assumption it, yeah i forget that but that's true 
Um, do you remember the uh, first conversation we ever had? Oh, yeah, 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 and about we, the Chin Pokemon. Yeah, you want to relay that a little bit? First time I ever met Dexter, we were uh, both at a bar. A mutual <laughs> friend introduced us, and uh, he started immediately going into how he was, he was like, oh, yeah, hey, David, I'm Dexter. Like, did I ever tell you about how I'm going to make the Chin Pokemon? I was like, no, no we just met. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> and you talked about basically turning DNA into a digital format. And using computers to make like little animals that were kind of like Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you actually fully understand the genome, there's no reason you can't digitize it. No, Just yeah. like you can't digitize, you can digitize any information. Why not a genome? Yeah, and then my whole idea was that... Uh, when they're about to die, like also you obviously program them not to feel pain, so you get yeah, over that. Yeah. You get over that moral hurdle real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are so many others. I know. But yeah, we'll, that we'll one, put a bandaid on this single, by getting rid of their pain. That single one you get rid of, but then you just like throw the ball at them and it whacks them, and then it, like disintegrates their entire body immediately and just like stores them back in the ball as genetic information. So the next time you throw the ball, uh, I think you that would kind would be of the off- most that would be the most difficult part is disintegrating them. That would yeah. produce so much waste heat that <laughs> you would you and everyone else like within hundreds of feet would catch fire. Okay, maybe you just like instantly paralyze them, and and they slowly dissolve into a sludge. Shoot them into their heart <laughs> <laughs> and shoot them in the heart. And they- <laughs> There's just landfills full of the dead Pokemon because, like, every time you throw the ball, it's actually a new copy coming out with the old exactly. one's memories. Yeah. Oh my god, they remember. <laughs> <laughs> they remember that you kill them every time they come out. Oh man, Pokemon's dark that if you actually dark. start to think about it in, um, in depth. But didn't you, like, think I was just kind of off base? Oh no, I thought you were kind of fucking with me because I was I had shortly moved here from Michigan and you were just kind of like really forward for somebody I had first met. And (laughs) like back then though, like people would like wave to me and say hi on the like bike path and stuff, and they were complete strangers. And I was like, what the hell does this person want? Mind your own fucking business. (laughs) But that's just like where I grew up in Michigan, it was just kind of like best to keep to yourself and not, you know, get in other people's business because you might get in trouble. Yeah. So I do think that that type of Pokemon, whatever, is technically possible. But that's like a still a super, super sci-fi thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, But you were coming up with a, a justification for how it could work. Yeah, but I didn't even know about CRISPR at the time. None of us did. None of us did. <laughs> we met a minute ago. Yeah, seriously. It's fucking crazy. Um, but like another thing that people are talking about with CRISPR is to turn a regular old elephant into a woolly mammoth. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Like, because we have almost a complete genome of a woolly mammoth. Yep. They're, they we died f- recently enough ago and in the right conditions to their... we just them frozen enough? Yeah, yep. Or they even sometimes still have, like, frozen blood. Oh, yeah, and meat. I mean, people people ate a woolly mammoth um, back what? in, like, 2008. There was a woolly mammoth, the best intact woolly mammoth ever dug up out of the and Siberian ice, it. and people ate it. Mm. I mean, kind of jealous. It was, like, it was, like, something, like... A million dollars a plate or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. So when I say I'm jealous of them, I never spend a million dollars on it. No, not only that, but you're talking about eating. You're spending a million dollars on like, I I don't think anyone could pay. You'd have to pay me a million dollars to eat that. 
No, see, me for me, I kind of think that like, I don't know, I'm not like scared of that shit. Like, even if I got a little sick, or like, I probably wouldn't want to die from it. So I don't think really I want anyone to know. You wouldn't want anyone to know. No, that I did it. Yeah, that's the thing. And if you paid a million dollars, somebody would absolutely know. It doesn't seem like such a frivolous and kind of like bougie yeah. thing to eat something that, that is that's that why I'm saying. That's, that's scientifically the valuable. That's the reason I wouldn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, it just like, seems so If you have a fucking million dollars and you spend it on that, like, fucking fuck you. You're yeah, charged. dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, there I mean, I don't like to go to this usually, but like, there are people starving. Like, maybe you could have spent that million on something a little bit better Fucking than a plate on, of mammoth meat. Get on my Patreon and make me get a tattoo. <laughs> Help us educate. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the hardest he laughed in a while. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, like, uh, they can basically take a regular old elephant and use CRISPR to insert the woolly mammoth DNA. Right. So like wherever we, because their, their, their genomes would be very, very similar, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we share like what? 90, they say 99, 98% with chimpanzees, chimpanzees and bonobos. So I'm sure they, they share a great deal of their DNA. So all you have yeah. to do is take out the chunks that are different and insert the chunks you want. Yeah. And it sounds easy, but, um, there is also the thing that it takes it's harder to be as accurate when the changes are significant. I see, right. You mentioned that earlier with larger chunks. Yeah. It's not as well, and it's then a little bit flimsy. You can use CRISPR to change multiple genomes at the same time, multiple parts of a genome at the same time. But the more you do, the less accurate it is. As oh, well. so I see what you're saying. So it might be easier to get to a woolly mammoth. If we're saying this is something we want to do, it might be easier to if get to a woolly steps. mammoth in steps. In steps, yeah. Uh, I think that'd probably be easier gestation-wise and things like that, too, because then you're making small changes, and so the mother's metabolism won't be so radically different from the, the, the fetuses. Yeah. yeah, and so things should probably go a little bit more smoothly because I imagine a, one of I the big too, problems yeah. you would that you would find is, is nutrient if you uptake tried, and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, if you tried to just like make a woolly mammoth from scratch in an elephant uterus, I imagine most of the time that's not going to end in a in a full-term pregnancy no. and birth of a healthy yeah. infant. And infant mortality is probably the thing. Yeah, infant mortality is probably the biggest concern once you get the genome right. Yeah. I imagine you'd have a lot of hurdles left. And so if you wanted to do that incrementally might be the best way to. Yeah. Another thing, another thing that scientists have been thinking about is that you can use like computers to figure out or basically approximate what the last surviving, what the genome of the last surviving ancestor of all birds looked like. Ah. And so if you have that, if you have, the gene, if you have like an estimated genome of what the last surviving ancestor of all birds looked like, you could CRISPR that into a chicken. And then you could have a de facto dinosaur. I mean, not okay, a de facto, but if we're going to be, if jure? we're going to be, <clears throat> well, if we're going to be particular, birds are dinosaurs. Oh yeah. The yeah, only no. reason we don't think of them such is is because of our our biases about like what a dinosaur is and what it isn't. But yeah. in every real sense, they are the surviving line of dinosaurs. Oh, There's absolutely. nothing that makes them not a dinosaur. No, I think is the best right. way to put it. But, but if you if you 
But we're talking but about things made, with teeth. If you made it, and if you made it the ultimate like common ancestor of all birds, then it would be more along the lines of what we think of as a classic dinosaur. Right, right, yeah, like a Campsagnothus, something from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that would surprise a lot of people is that most dinosaurs had a lot of feathers. So like, it's yeah, going to m- look more. I don't think bird-like. they were really. I don't think that was really a big. When we were kids, like, they didn't really know that. Thing. Yeah. No, when we were kids, they've gotten a lot better um, at imaging fossils and stuff like that. So mm. we found a lot more evidence <clears throat> of feather structures that we just couldn't see before. We had no idea what they were, yeah. what we were looking at. And some of them, they were just too fine for us to actually image. Yeah. Um, but nowadays we know that, yeah, most dinosaurs were, except for like the large sauropods, like the long necks. Most dinosaurs were covered in quite a bit of downy fur or feathers. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, it makes another sense way with them being the ancestors to birds, like right. Yep. Another way is to look at. Um, so you've heard of an atavism? No, I have not. Okay, so an atavism is any time like if a human is born with a tail, that's an atavism. Oh, okay. If a chicken is born with teeth, that's an atavism. Um, um, it's and like that does expressing- happen. It's expressing a gene that still is in your genome, but is no longer expressed or not expressed as strongly as it is in this instance. Okay. So um, chickens are rarely, but sometimes born with teeth. Okay. That's Um, And the teeth don't fall out. They just are teeth chickens or tooth, whatever chickens. And uh, one way to go about reverse engineering a dinosaur that would be so fucking creepy i've seen a picture it is creepy as it sounds they're sharp little dagger teeth they're little needles um so one way to one way to create a dinosaur is to look at the atavisms anytime you see an Mm. atavism expressed you know okay this is something we need to make sure is expressed each time if we want to make this this into a dinosaur like a fucking like making an ancient Franken- Frankenstein. Like yep. everything that we're thinking about making in that case is going to look creepy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like, And it's not going to be the exact same thing that existed in nature millions of years ago. Not, no. It will just be a phenotypical a representation. Yeah. It'll be its genes won't be the same, but it'll functionally act and behave the same, more or less. Yeah. God, because that's... birds' behavior hasn't changed that much from dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs didn't run around eating everything they saw. They were animals. Yeah. Not Jurassic Park monsters. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, moving on, another thing that, of course, people are pretty interested in CRISPR for is solving diseases. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like cancer yeah. and the Huntington's. And yeah. Stuff, and some so. people get a little overzealous. And now yeah, they're in prison. They do. Are you talking about the Chinese? Yep. He's oh, in prison now. He's in prison. Yep. He's in Chinese prison. Interesting. And of course, we're talking about the Chinese researcher who in 2018 uh, created two twins with the idea that they would be HIV resistant. Yes. And he fudged a bunch of evidence to make it seem like they were at high risk for being um, for, for receiving. Positive. Yeah. For, for being born HIV positive. That was not the case. He lied, um, and he fudged a bunch of evidence to, and he lied to the mother about what he was doing. He did not disclose. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he did not disclose what he was doing to her embryos, her children. 
and went ahead and lied to everyone and then proceeded with his own gene editing agenda Jesus just fuck. to prove a point. I don't know even what it was. I think he thought he was going to make himself into an instant star. Yeah. But the scientific community basically unanimous, no, unanimously... They, they said it was irresponsible. <clears throat> yeah. And it should not have been fucking done. And it was kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's immoral. Like, it's immoral. He we, had no right. We don't know enough those are about humans. those exact functions of DNA. Yep. So you can make a change, and we don't know enough about the genome to know that you're not going to fuck up something else. Yep. Like, you might just fuck their entire human lives up. We may have sequenced the genome, but there's this other thing called the proteome. So every gene that is read, when it is read, the reading mechanism... Genome just means we understand that we know which letters are there. Exactly. We don't know what they do. Yeah. We don't know what they do, except in small cases. Um, <laughs> so the proteome is the proteins that you create from your genome. Those are much more important. So like, yeah. if, if genome is like a list of parts... The proteome is the actual instructions for how the machine operates. Yeah. It's a way more complex and way more important thing to understand when editing the genome. And we don't even really talk about that. No, we don't really it's talk about it because it's so, it's so far beyond our grasp to understand the total proteome at this point that we don't talk about it very much. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, there's a fucking Gattaca, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, like the prison riot. Gattaca! Yeah, Gattaca. Like people, like you've seen that movie, right? Uh, no, Gattaca. I haven't. I'm aware of. I'm aware of the like, that real life prison riot, and I, I'm aware of the references to the movie. Okay, so it's not like a prison riot. Actually, the movie Gattaca. Oh, it's not. Gattaca oh. is about designer babies, pretty much. And oh, a designer... oh, I thought it was about the actual no, prison riot in Gattaca. All. No, it's not at okay, all. Okay, so there was a Gattaca prison riot, which is where the no, original like, was, Gattaca came from. I think that was from. Attica, but there's this show where the guy falsely screamed Attica. No, Gattaca. Gattaca. Holy shit, you're right. That was... There's Attica was uh, a thing The League. In the league. In the league. The character yes. Rafi falsely <laughs> screams Gattaca. Gattaca, which put that into my fucking brain. <laughs> oh, god no, damn it. But in the movie Gattaca, okay. it's like a sci-fi movie that was done before CRISPR was made. But the whole idea is basically that the culture is euthanasia, not euthanizing. What's it called? When Euthanize? You, Euthanizing? No. No, neither of those. Oh, oh. Uh, um, you're talking about um, neutering people. You're talking about... Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about they are making people who are better than other eugenics. people. Eugenics. Yeah, they're basically eugenicsing themselves with okay, genetic okay. modification. And the people Super who, fucked, because who gets to decide are, what's better? Yeah, the people are who are quote-unquote superhuman, like have a higher place in society. A lot of sci-fis I've read that create these like utopian worlds, they don't realize like how heavily they rely on eugenics and how horrible it would be to actually live in that world. Yeah. I've encountered a lot of sci-fi authors who don't think about eugenics when they talk about building like... No, I think the whole idea was uh, comparing uh, genetically edited people to eugenics. Oh, I'm sure it was in this movie. Yeah. I'm talking about like I read some authors who have like genetic engineering as just a side function in their story. Uh, right? Okay. Like all the people are yeah. boosted. But like <laughs> all the people. Yeah, all the people are boosted. But like this idea Oh well, man, it's always super fucked. That doesn't take once you start, 
You, I mean, you always don't take consent into account when you make a new human being. Right. But in my opinion, you go to a completely new level when you change the germline. Because as far as consent goes, because you're changing your offspring and you're changing your offspring's offspring. And the reason I think it's different is because when we're working with the tools that nature gave us, we understand that there are that there are risks, that there are complications, that there are consequences to producing new life. But also we know the odds. We know the odds. When you're working with totally unknowns in terms of technology and, and things like that, and you're applying them to really a human being coming out. Yeah, that's you're right. That's a different level. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like people are really worried about that. Like Jennifer Doudna says we shouldn't be using it on uh, germ cells. Nope. Nope. Until, until we understand a lot, lot more, I don't think there's any situation in which we use it on a germ line. Yeah, no. Like, we have to basically fucking know what will happen. Yep, because you're talking about affecting potentially trillions of people in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. Like, depending on how long well, you think humans will be around, you you're it. talking about potentially trillions of people you affected. It depends on how we do it. We'll, we'll get more into it. Um, another, to mo- another thing that I think is really interesting is using CRISPR as an alternative to antibiotics. Okay, yeah, yep. Because it's like really cool because antibiotics are becoming more and more resistant to the drugs we have. Or, sorry, bacteria becoming more and more resistant to the antibiotics we have. Right, because all the antibiotics we have are just bacteria's bio-warfare against bacteria. Like yeah. They're all just, we took something that bacteria already use and use mm-hmm. it for ourselves. So instead of taking... We didn't invent any antibiotics. We stole them all. <laughs> yeah, cleverly. Yep. We're clever thieves in science. <laughs> <laughs> um, but nowadays, we could make, instead of taking a penicillin or like uh, amoxicillin, we could just take a pill filled with CRISPR proteins. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, those CRISPR have, proteins like- would go out, find the specific harmful bacterias, chop them up at the essential gene that would actually kill them, and then fucking. Well, Case really, closed. they'd invade. They'd invade every cell. They'd invade they, every they cell, but they'd only with. kill. But the they'd only bad kill the bacteria. bacteria because they're the only ones that have the protein that you yeah. encoded, and you would encode a protein that was vital for their survival or reproduction, exactly. something like that. And, and so it goes into them, takes that out, and suddenly they can't regrow their cell membrane, and they just burst open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like that idea. Yeah, because it's it's um it's essentially adaptation proof. Yeah. In the short term, and I'm when I talk about short term, I mean hundreds of hundreds of oh. years. If oh, not yeah. thousands, yeah, like uh, how you would adapt to that is beyond me. Um, life finds a way, but like it would does. take a lot of fucking work. Yeah, and uh, another thing that they really use uh, CRISPR for is just to learn more about the genome. Like, take this out. What does it do? Take this out. Yep. What does it do? And that's great. Um, like, how else are you going to learn? In a lot of ways. Yeah. And I mean, otherwise, it's you have kind to of use... the best way we have to learn about the genome at all right now. Right now, I think eventually, what's going to break it for us, like what's going to really do it, is when we can come up with a computer model of how each of these base pairs interact. Once we have yeah. a theory of how the base pairs actually encode for proteins, then it's all over. 
we just have supercomputers crunch the numbers and we know what every genome everywhere ever we've ever sequenced does. Once we get that, we can get the fucking Pokemon fighters. <laughs> <laughs> because the then at that point, wings. too, you can get the computer to print new genes that have never existed in nature. Yeah. Because it knows what it's going to do as soon as it writes it or before it writes it. Yeah. Um, so I have one last thing to talk about as far as the potential outcomes. Okay. There are so many more. Um, but the last one is what's called the gene drive. Oh, I love heard this. about this. Yes, I, yes, I have. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Basically you CRISPR CRISPR into an organism. Yep. Um, so like in an interview on radio lab, Kevin Esfelt, who's an assistant professor at MIT explained it in terms of getting rid of malaria. Okay. This is where I've mosquitoes. heard it first introduced. Yep. This is the best way to, in my opinion, just imagine what a gene drive really is. Yep. It's a great example. So, like, standard, if you wanted to use CRISPR to get rid of malaria in mosquitoes, you would just, like, use CRISPR to make the parasites that cause malaria in those mosquitoes so that they couldn't live inside it or they couldn't get inside it. Right, because malaria only lives in a small handful of mosquito species, and the rest, it can't live inside them, and they don't spread it. And so... They're harmless but annoying. But if you CRISPR'd that single mosquito... Then malaria couldn't live inside it anymore. That mosquito is malaria resistant. It's never going to give you malaria. But the bad thing about that is if that mosquito goes into the wild and fucks and starts having uh, babies, then the normal mosquito would give their offspring 50% of the normal gene. Yeah, if you're thinking of the typical pundit square of -hmm. inheritance, only 50% 50 of the babies... would it have the malaria resistant? Yep. And then those babies are going to go off and the, the 50% that inherit the gene. 25. Yep. And, and so eventually in a few generations, it's gone. And a half. Yeah. Like natural. It becomes super recessive and you never see it. Natural selection always fucking wins. Yep. Unless. Unless you have a gene drive. Yep. And this is where the whole idea comes in. So Kevin says, quote, instead of just snipping the DNA, the DNA. And no, 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 less DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just snipping the DNA. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know if you want to cut out just me saying cut it <laughs> no, out. Let's, let's just anyway. go. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> me too. Instead of just snipping the DNA and inserting the gene that we want, we also insert the genes that code for the CRISPR system and tell it to make that particular change. Yep. So you code CRISPR to do CRISPR. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you you encode its DNA to do the work for you each time. Yeah. Like, it continually edits itself. So when your CRISPRed mosquito fucks a regular mosquito, and they have babies, and the mom and dad's DNA, and the gene drive finds the non-CRISPRed variety, it then cuts and replaces the regular gene with the crispered crispering gene right so imagine your pundit square again 50 percent of the babies inherit the the native parents genes Mm -hmm. and get um the the genes we don't want that allow malaria to survive but then as soon as they inherit that the crisper starts looking for that finds it it, cuts it out and puts the thing we want in there so now voila so now 100 of the offspring offspring ever yeah and they pass that on 
So yeah. it doesn't end. That's Never the end. crazy thing about it, though, and, is it doesn't end. There, that gene drive is there forever once you put it out there. Eventually, it will go throughout the entire species. Yes. Throughout the 100% entire world. 100% of individuals uh, will have it eventually. Yeah. And after Kevin, who worked on it at MIT, published the paper, he and his team worked on it in yeast, and it worked the first try. Wow. It works. Yeah. Gene drive. It's incredibly work. potent, and that's why I think we have to be very, very that's careful exactly, about it. And it's actually one of the scariest things about it. It is CRISPR. one of the scariest things, but it's also the possibly biggest game changers. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's the real atomic bomb. Yep, it is. Because You're right. You're right. And it's scarier than the a, atomic bomb, too. It can do a lot more damage. If a high schooler can do that. Yep. A Holy fucking evil motherfucking shit. high schooler can do that. Yeah. And that's why what you're going to see is a lot like with digital technology, a lot like with anything, um, safeguards are going to come along. Oh, As yeah, we like understand this technology better. People who are working on gene drives with mosquitoes are adding like kind of fail safes that only allow it to go for certain generations. Right. I would right. bet it's telomeres. Oh. <laughs> I would bet it's telomeres um, that work generationally somehow. But anyway, I like they have fail safes that only allow it to go X amount of generations. Okay. Um, because and then they and also I think in the future you're going to see isolate. fail safes that yeah. prevent. Um, you're going to have CRISPRs in the future, I think, that prevent CRISPRs. Yeah, right? like there's you're going an, to- there are all. Hmm, sorry, there are already anti-CRISPRs. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, as scary as this is, it's important to remember that with any new technology, there are going. There's going to be a balance that ends up being struck. Well, because and sometimes, unfortunately, the pendulum has to swing a little bit um, before that balance is struck. But I, I'm and confident I can that see that's how it would be somewhat easy because basically you just have to find something that kills the enzyme the cas9 or cas whatever right enzyme. you just have to find something that blocks it i think there's only like right now at least there will be many more but there's like maybe like 10 cas proteins that are known of okay but we're like learning about more all the time and eventually there's just going to be synthetic ones that yeah. do the job exactly the way we you know what i mean eventually like i said when we can when we can run base pairs through a computer and it can tell us what their relationship is, how yeah. they actually work to produce proteins. At that point, you can produce anything you want. Like you're talking about the end of mechanical industry in the beginning of biological industry. Yeah. Why would you ever have a big factory that produces a product for you when you could have a vat of bacteria that produce it for you with yeah. no waste? And more than that, or rather as an aside too, there is no way to stop this. Nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can like, there's say no it's turning wrong. back you the can... clock on any of technology. Yeah, People have just... tried to do it, but it doesn't work. The world moves on. You can say it's wrong all, all you want, but it's uh, not yeah. going away. You know, saying it's wrong and it's wrong, and I don't like it, and you shouldn't play God. It's not going to make it go away. It's not. Well, and, like, you have to also understand that people who live in different... Like, the people who do it will abide by their society's ideas and norms about it. And that's not always going to be yours. Yeah. So, like, when we all chastise China and, like... Well, China chastised that man, too. Yeah, no, but not for a long time. Not for a long time. You're right. Um, 
And like, I guess they're coming around, but I didn't expect that to happen. No, I kind of figured it was one of those things where they'd turn a blind eye because like they figured some progress had been made, even though it was at the expense of any type of morality. But still my point stands that when it becomes so ubiquitous that literally everyone is doing it, there will be cases where it won't vibe with your own sensibilities. Oh, yeah. And I think we already have so many surgeries that don't vibe with my sensibilities. You know what I mean? There there are so many surgeries meant to make people look a certain way, specifically mm, yeah. because there are pressures, societal pressures, to make them want to look that way rather than necessarily just their own personal interest. But yeah, that's a culturally normative. Like, I mean, it's you can say it fucks with them, but like, you're not part of that culture. Right, right. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, even within our own culture, there are things like skin lightening therapies or, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't want to go into specific, get bogged down into specific examples, but there's tons of examples of people being pressured into trying to look a certain way that they don't currently look because they don't see They're, people like themselves represented. Yeah. And so this makes that so much more dangerous in a sense exactly we need to be very responsible if you could just like change your genes and have whatever what happen- you want yeah what happens when people want to change their race or change yeah. you know what i mean like and what happens if and i'm fine with people making whatever decisions but what happens when there's pressure what happens if you know that you could get more money what happens if you have more, you know, you had more job opportunities yeah. if you change yourself to look or be a certain way? And yeah. What and happens when what everyone looks do. the same way because of that kind of pressure? The ver- That's yeah. a gross world I don't want to live in. Oh, shit. And so, yeah, we, I think this technology comes with a lot of moral responsibility. Absolutely. More than probably any other technology that's I ever come I think I agree with you. It's like Ever. that Jamiroquai song, actually. Um, <laughs> Virtual Insanity. It's one of his top songs, and he okay. talks about in the song. He's like, um, "Now the mother can, ch- or now a mother can um, choose the color of her child. That's not nature's way." And oh, yeah. I mean, he's right. Like, uh, I'm not <laughs> saying that like nature, natural versus unnatural, but like. <sighs> How much more complicated do a lot of these issues become if you can simply edit everything about your child before they come out? Oh, yeah. Every and, parent wants to give their kid advantages in life. Well, and then also the other the other kind of distinction or rather qualification that you have to think about is um, where does it become like rather than fixing a disease, you're fixing a uh, characteristic yeah ableism plays a strong role in this because right like what if you can fix everyone who has autism but there's some fix. things there's and, I'm, and i say that with quotations just because you can't see me or um, like a lot of people who are deaf are like this is not a fucking your problem it's not a disability the problem your, your is your an problem. ableist attitude your problem viewing it yes your I'm problem deaf. is that i'm deaf exactly yeah. it's a problem for you because you have an ableist outlook it's because we designed our society with an ableist attitude that it needs to, our society should cater to the people who um who 
interact with the world in this very specific way. And if you fall outside of that box, you are quote unquote disabled and and you need a fix. And what what happens if that attitude persists when we have access to this kind of technology? That's a disgusting future. And so this is where, this is where like the line, it becomes harder to draw too. Like we can all pretty much agree that like cancer is bad. Everybody should, I mean, if it's possible and accurate and I think easy, we all agree, everyone cancer, should be, deserves cancer. to be cancer free. Um, and you know, like maybe, m- maybe not all of us agree, but more of us probably than not agree that like you know we don't need to be like changing our babies and their babies' race in the gene drive. I would hope that most um, people agree with that, <laughs> right? Because like. It's just and then, it's just disgusting to me to think that you you would be giving your child an advantage by changing their race. Yeah. That's well, horrible. Then, but in between you have something like uh cholesterol. Like hmm. yeah. You know. Do you want to like, give do you want do you want to make sure that your baby doesn't have the same disease? cholesterol problems you do? Is that actually a disease? You want to edit hypertension out of your baby. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Where does it where does, where it, does it start it and where does it end? Exactly. Where does the buck stop? Yeah. And that's a question that we're going to have to answer. We, and we will have to. And we'll to. have to answer again and again and again. Yeah. And we'll have to make choices about that. Yeah. And I think there are going to be a lot of tough choices. And because no matter what you choose, okay, you can say you can say to somebody like, okay, we're not going to do this because think about the impacts. And then that person can come right back and say, well, my child is suffering because you won't do this. Yep. They are suffering unnecessarily. You have the power to help them and you won't. And they and can you're say like, that and we don't not- know what the we don't know what the consequences will be. Like, you know what I mean? Like there yeah. are there are none of these arguments are easy. No. Anyway, that is pretty much what I got about CRISPR. It's a it's a big it's topic. A fucking, yeah. Uh, I love it, though. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the most interesting things going on in science right now. Ever, in my opinion, yeah. like pro- probably pretty much ever in science ever. And I'm a big biology dork. Like I've yeah. always wanted to, I don't know, I've always wanted to make like my cute little intelligent buddy who's like, I don't know, halfway yeah. between a dog. You're really and into a, uplifting. I am really into uplifting. It's a it's a big thing for me. Like yeah. I don't know, I have this thing that like someday I think that humans are going to live until the end of the universe. I don't see what's going to stop us. Yeah. Um and the further we go into our progress, the less that the less could stop us from living to the end of the universe. Yeah. And so I think in that time it would be really nice to bring a lot of our companions along with us and like they would their roles would change because now they're human. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if you uplift something to human level intelligence and don't call it human, that's wrong. Like it oh, deserves absolutely. human yeah. rights. Now it is a human regardless of like, it doesn't even matter if it's or made heritage. of DNA or computers. Yep, exactly. I agree. I agree. I don't care what you made it out of. If it's human level intelligent, you call it a human and you afford it the same rights as everybody else. But like, I would love to have like, okay, here's a, here's a silly example, but okay. Sirius is called the dog star. Mm. What if we had a, what if we, there's a plan of like all dogs at the dog star. You're like, Hey, yeah. we're, going, we're going to the dog star. <laughs> that'd, be <so> nice. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. Fun as fuck. So yeah. Possible with CRISPR eventually. Yeah. Anything's possible with CRISPR pretty much. Yeah. No Biological shit. factories. No more, no more mechanization. You could just do everything with biology. You can make any product you could imagine. Yeah. Literally anything's possible with CRISPR. Yep. Pretty much anything. Yeah. Except bending the rules of physics. We don't know about that. No. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's end this, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right.
That is it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo and social media by Monet Moran. And my trusted co-host is David Girondel. I want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon. Alexis, Amanda, Ben, Betty, Kevin, Derek, Emily, Hannah, Linda, Nick, Susan, Tanner, Tori, and Trevor. And there's actually one tattoo patron, Brittany. Thank you so much, y'all. We really appreciate it, and your support really helps the show. If you, too, want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations. Tell a friend to listen to your favorite episode or leave a review on iTunes. All of these things help a lot because we're trying to get more exposure for the show, and we appreciate that support. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at DexplanationsPodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations or comment on Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, I wouldn't change a thing about you. But I, I wouldn't judge you if you did, though. Bye now. Bye <laughs> now.